Welcome to Nerdist Podcast number 598. I will be doing stand-up comedy jokes at Cobbs in San Francisco, December 11th, 12th, and 13th. Ooh, that sounds like a whole weekend. It is a whole weekend, Kyle. Ooh. It's a whole weekend in uh, San Francisco, which I'm excited. I haven't been... I, haven't, I think it was like a year ago when I did this. Matt, why are you leaning so far away from the microphone? I know He's back! sponsor is, and I don't want to ruin everything. <laughs> you know how long I've been waiting for you to say those words? <laughs> 598 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to Cobb's Comedy, I believe it's Cobb's Comedy Club. Cobb's Comedy Club. Com, put in the Indeed. promo code WTF. There's no promo code. Well, then how do you You'll expect people to get a discount? At no, there's no promo code. For you the should probably, for the Chris. Show. I want you to move some tickets. Let's discount some. No, Matt. <laughs> This isn't no, no, Chris. I want you to move as many tickets as ticket possible. Ticket Hub or, or StubHub, StubHub or Ace Ticket, or also a wonderful ticketing or agency, Ted's Tickets or whatever. Ted's Tickets, yeah. Was that a one new they one named after a guy? Barry's Tickets. There you go. It doesn't matter. I don't know, it sounds sportsy. You don't. You can't make those kinds of jokes to me. I don't know what you're talking, guys. About. I am <laughs> so sleepy. Nothing can wake me up. This is uh, Hillary Swank, who was a fan. Fantastic uh, guest. I was just so nervous the whole time. That's why I didn't say anything. You weren't here. They don't know that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Matt. Hillary Swank is promoting The Homesman, which is in theaters now, which was uh, written by Tommy Lee Jones, and is, Tommy Lee Jones is also in the movie. And he directed it. I don't know. Did he direct he did. it? He did He's direct triple it. triple threat now. Oh, my God. Tommy Lee Jones is in it. That means there must be a pickup truck involved. Yes, there sure is. Horse. Yeah. Also, There's a horse in a pickup truck. <laughs> yep. Also, I want to say that Hillary Swank is uh, is uh, is is pro pets, pro animal. Good. She is hosting uh, a dog adoption a thon on Thanksgiving on Fox. Ooh, oh, really? Which is a fantastic idea. So you could have Hillary's pets replace Jerry's kids. After that's right. All these years. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a I way to go. It was Labor Day. Oh, okay. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Jerry I think it was the, the Labor, Labor Day. Day. So yeah. this room I'm getting both. that in my Twilight Zone marathons confused. Yeah, no, it's yeah. So it's Thanksgiving Day Twilight Zone marathon, but then go see Hillary on Fox and then and then adopt a pet. There you go. You need a little buddy in your life, but oh, only please only adopt a pet if you can actually take care of it. Yeah. Oh, yes. Don't uh, just do it on a whim. No, 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 no. Don't don't whimsically adopt a pet. D- adopt a pet if you have the time and energy. Don't and adopt a pet as a last ditch effort to save a relationship you know is tanking anyway. That's my advice. All right. Uh, here's the Nerds <laughs> Podcast number 598 with Hillary Swank. Stamps.com slash WT. Stop it! <laughs> now entering Nerdist.com. God, I just need hot water. I think they're coming with my hot water because I have a voice problem right now. I had one too. <laughs> so much talking, talking, talking. Blah, talking. blah, blahing. Yeah, and and the shows that I work on, there's a lot, I yell a lot <laughs> for some reason. Okay. They're loud. Uh-oh. So that doesn't help. We could just do it like this. Yes, we could. We could talk like this the entire... We could pretend like it's NPR. No, we could do it like NPR and just everything super... Oh, thanks. That's funny that when Thank someone you. else... Are you whispering because she's whispering? I guess so. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I don't want you to feel like you have to talk louder. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Ash. That's for you. Okay, bye. <laughs> it's nice to see you. <laughs> Don't. 
through the front door. Like try to warn her. Wait, what's ring? You feel okay? Yeah. It's tired, just, but I'm good. Yeah. Well, this is, is this the end of all the press stuff or are you like in no, the I mean, middle I'm of close it? to, I'm close to the end. Yeah. Close. I sell talk shows, but I'm close to the end. My junket's over. That's where <sighs> I consider it to be. Once you get past that, you're, you're closer to the end. Yes. Oh my God. I swear. I, it, it, as much as I see people do junkets, I always feel great empathy for this process. Yes. Although I have to say, are we starting by the way? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, I have to say though that, um, to keep it in perspective and I genuinely mean this, I wake up in the morning and I think I could be exhausted living my dream or mm-hmm. I could be exhausted still hitting the pavement trying to achieve my dream. Mm-hmm. And it really, everything just kind of gets like put right into perspective. I walk out with an attitude of literally gratitude and I'm like, okay, I get to sit here and talk about a movie that I love. Yeah, but junkets, I mean. Yeah, that's that's not fun. <laughs> no, but you I know agree with you. This is what's not fun about it. It's not that it's not fun to talk about your movie, but you have to do so many in one day. I just wish it could be spaced out a little bit. And yeah. and part of you goes, do you just stick it all in one day and get it done? Mm-hmm. Or But no, when after you do all those interviews, you just don't want to, you don't want to not allow somebody to have as good of an interview as the first people when you were all animated and awake. Oh yeah. And then someone comes in and they're the last one. And you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, um, I feel bad for them because you want to give everyone their interview. Of course. But to anyone who thinks like, Oh, big deal. Junk. It's a big fucking deal. Hey, listen, try to be interrogated for 12 hours. Yeah. The same, like if just imagine, Let's say that you were being investigated for something and two new cops came in every eight minutes and asked you basically the same questions about the same crime they were asking <laughs> you about for about 12 hours. And by the end of it, you'd be like, I don't know my name. Yeah. Maybe I did do it. Yes. I don't. I just need oh to my go. Gosh. That's yeah. really, really a good point and great analogy. That's hilarious. <laughs> kind of, kind of like that. And also sometimes, you know, you, you don't know if someone does have an agenda or something. And all of a sudden their last question is the getter. And you're like, oh, is that where you were going with this? I didn't see it. Right. So anyway. What was it like to work with this director? What was it like to work in this film? Did you shoot that kid? Did I what? <laughs> I, but a second ago, we were, yeah. everything seemed fine. Yeah. It was all upbeat. <laughs> I, uh, but what, isn't the British press, though, won't they just right off the bat go, so did you shoot that child? Yes. What? Yeah. I, what right about away. the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's, I mean, it is, you know, it, they are luxury problems, but it's still, but these things still require energy. They still require focus. You still must feel like, Am I making sense? Am I representing this film properly? All my questions when I'm done because you're so tired you don't have a sense of direction anymore. Right. It's so you've been blah, 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 blahing that you think, did I say everything? Just what you said. Did I say everything I wanted? (laughs) Did it make sense? Was it coherent? And the worst, honestly, is when you get to the last part of the day and you're, like you said, you're on your 12th hour, you are talking and you may say the same thing twice and not even realize it because... Or miss it entirely and say, did I already say this? Mm-hmm. It is a crazy mind game. I, uh, <laughs> this is, and we're not here to talk about me, so I apologize before I'm about to tell you. But that's happened to me when I'm doing stand-up on the road. If, I've do, if I do three shows in a night, yeah. on the third show, I've had this experience before where I start to tell a story. And then I can feel the air get sucked out of the room. And I go, I already told this. I already told this, didn't I? And they're like, yes. 
Like, a, oh, I forgot. Okay, so I'm no, I'm glad you said that. Oh, yeah, talking about happens. you because that's what's relatable. That's that's I'm it's so nice to actually have a conversation and not yes. have you just ask me questions. <laughs> no, no, please. that is exactly what I do, but but you catch it and I just sit there like this <laughs> and they're looking at me like this is awkward and I don't get it. Let me give you, I'm gonna give you a tip, I'm gonna give you a tip out of Prince's book. All right, this is a tip out of Prince's book. Uh, the, Which the prince? No, Prince. The singer. The singer, Prince Rogers yeah, Nelson. That's what I meant by the prince. The prince. To me, right. he's the, the prince. prince. Yeah. The one and only. Yeah, because we don't have a monarchy here, so he's the one we got. Exactly. Um so Prince, if he's one of my most favorites. The best. He was so amazing Did on he SNL. Sit here in this room? No, he's never been on the show before. Oh. I'd actually be a, he's one guy. I was just thinking, did I sit in the in the same seat as him? That's where no, I was going. No, no, no. Okay, but okay. if you want, if I ever Here's what I'm going to do. If Prince is ever on the podcast, yeah. I'll send you the chair he was in. And okay. you can just put it in your house somewhere. Okay, or just call me and I'll just rush in and go, oh my gosh, isn't this a weird coincidence? I just happen to... <laughs> I just happen to be in the neighborhood. Right I just... Okay. I, uh, <laughs> okay. Okay, Prince. Yeah. Uh, I brought purple. You just have to bring him something yeah, exactly. purple as tribute. <laughs> yeah. Lay it at his feet. Um, like down his It'd feet. It would be awkward if it was... He's. <laughs> I want something purple. Prince, I just, uh, some purple. So I have just something private to show you. It's purple. <laughs> Prince, uh, if he's playing a riff and he fucks something up, he does it twice because then people think it was on purpose. It's genius. Did he actually tell you that? No, no. Again, I've never met him. Uh, oh, I thought you met him on SNL. No, I said he was on SNL. Oh, I thought you were there too. No, no, okay, no, no. Okay. I apologize. That okay. was my fault for speaking too fast. It's like a garbly. No, no. But he. Uh, I'm just. I think let's chalk it up with my exhaustion and have no idea what's happening right now. Where <laughs> I, I am? Totally am I dreaming? No, this is not a dream. <laughs> okay. You are here. Um, okay, but he said that while he was on SNL. No, I. You know the. What SNL is the thing, SNL connection? It was what a is this? Separate, unrelated thought that I brought up that really was just. I. I okay. Okay, so you're actually the exhausted one. I'm completely coherent and know what's going on. I'm exhausted. You did say SNL. I did say SNL, okay. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I've had a similar day to yours, so I apologize. But this is why this is going to be fun and interesting, okay. and we're going to support each other. Or we're going to think it's interesting. Everyone else might be like, this is a load of garbage. Ah, These two are not no, saying anything fine. worth this listening is, to. Listen, this is free content <laughs> that they can download whenever they want on whatever device they want. Yeah. So, um, uh, hashtag suck it. But I... Uh, <laughs> I, I, it was one of those situations where there were two, um, uh, there were two mildly congruous thoughts that just came out at the same time. The first being, Prince was on SNL recently, and it was amazing. Oh. The second being, at some point in the past, unrelated to this, he uh, expressed this idea that he has about how you, he does okay. something twice if he fucks it up so that people think it's on purpose. But is the, the, the first time that he does it where it's fucked up and then he does it right? Are those the two times? Or did he does it fucked up? He and then fucks does it up it again on purpose the second time. Oh, okay. I get it. I'm with you now. Yeah, so if he's wow. playing, it's like, blip, blip, then he'll just go, blip, blip, like again. That is brilliant. And then people are like, oh, well, that was an interesting. You think I can do that on stage when mm-hmm. I'm doing lines? Just yeah. say it wrong twice? Twice. No. Yeah. I don't think that'll work Just for do me. it wrong I, twice. I think you have to have the name Prince to make that work. <laughs> he's uh he's a mysterious one that prince yeah i don't think he i knew someone who dated him and it it sounded odd she was like because i said so when you're dating prince do you ever just go like hey prince i'm going to the store do you want some honey nut cheerios or whatever yeah and she was That's like a good question she was like no you don't when i was dating him no one was allowed to address him first <laughs> what so i don't Even know her yeah 
So wait, what? <laughs> it was like this weird sort of royalty. This is alleged. This is what I was told by this girl. In, she was dating him. Yeah. She said even she couldn't talk to him first. That's what she said. This was in nineteen the nineteen hundreds. So uh, this is like ninety something. So I don't know if I don't know if that's still a policy that exists, but this was a, <laughs> this was a policy at the time. Okay. So well, two thousand fourteen. If I ever run into him, I'm going to say that you and I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Prince, I know you're probably uncomfortable because I'm talking to you first, but I really know this thing exactly. that I'm going to ask you right exactly. now. Exactly. So uh, you, I read some of your life story. Uh, the interesting bits or the boring bits or both? No, well, that's well, that's <laughs> subjective. What do you think are the boring bits? No, I'm bits? kidding. I'm, well, there's a fair share of them, but um, um, I don't know. You, you moved a few times. I, I moved a lot, yes. Why did your family move? Because mine did too. Um, well, actually, my family stopped moving pretty much when I was after. I only moved three times in my life. It was my childhood. Mm-hmm. But my family was in. My dad was in the military. Yours yeah. too. No, my dad was a professional bowler. What? Mm-hmm. That's serious. Yeah. It sounds like you're kidding. That's so no. Cool. It's serious. I refer to it as like an alcoholic military. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a professional bowler. Yeah, I grew up That's on the pro so bowlers cool. tour. Can you bowl? Mm-hmm. Are you a good bowler? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you going in like bowl shark? Is that what it's called? Card shark, pool shark, <laughs> bowl, bowl shark. shark. <laughs> that sounds like something. That's like when it gets tough stains out of your person. <laughs> you bowl shark. Okay. Now just again. Then I need to un- enunciate better. Bowl shark. Yes. Bowl shark. I heard it and it's amazing. And just as a tangential thought. That's a big word well, for a tired person. We are going this is this is the business that you're gonna start after this. We're gonna manufacture the bull shark, which is a small blue shark shaped uh thing that you just drop in your toilet and then it keeps it uh fresh and okay. clean the whole time. And is it gonna is the little thing gonna have your face on it? No. Because you're a bull shark. But I don't have a shark's face. It shouldn't no, have a shark's but face. I don't even know what that means, a bull shark. A, a, some you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about a hustler, which yeah. I completely so agree with. So you could with. go into a bowling alley and just like take them all down. I could do that. Yeah, I wow, could do that. I think that's so fascinating. I actually have a friend who we just joke around every once in a while. They call me up and like, uh, you know, what are you doing and what do you do? Just a joke. You have to come up with the craziest idea. Oh, right. And I'm going to use that. <laughs> I'm a professional bowler. You could totally use that's that. That's good. It's fun. So you moved around a lot. Yeah, we did too. Because I didn't. Going back about a minute and uh, maybe forty six seconds. Times. Yeah, only that's three. a lot for mo- that's, that's moving, not a lot. Moving to three okay, I was cities? born in Nebraska. And that counts to, as one. I didn't move there. Moved to I, Washington. Was, I was born into it. Moved to Washington State. Yes, mm-hmm. and then when I was ready to pursue my dream, I moved to California. Yeah, but so I was fifteen. No, that's not a lot of moving. I think for most kids, moving three times to three different states but is a lot. I didn't move three times. I was born in Nebraska. <laughs> I didn't move there. I was born there. So that wasn't a moving. You moved. When I was three, we moved from Nebraska to Washington State, and I was there till I was 15. It's four moves. You moved from Uterine <laughs> County to, Nebraska, to Lincoln, Nebraska. So that's technically okay. four moves. <laughs> you got me on a technicality. <laughs> I actually really... Do you remember Washington at all? Oh, yeah. I feel like that's where I grew up. I love it. It's my favorite place on earth, and I've traveled pretty much the entire earth. So this will, this will, this will. writing down over there? He takes show notes. Copious notes there. Yeah. Wow. Can you come into my next class where I take a, learning something and just take my notes for me? That is really profound. What are you learning? Awesome. Are you taking classes? Yeah, I'm learning French. What? Yeah. Mais oui. Je parle français, oh. mais je parle un petit peu. 
je comprends rien, mais je crie. Désolé, je, je suis une American stupide. That's oh, all I know. Oh, je suis désolé pour vous. Uh, did you say you feel bad for me? Oh, I said, no, I'm sorry for you. But okay. the truth is, is, that's pretty much all I know how to say what I just said. It sounds really good, though. Thanks. You know, have you ever thought about maybe just doing a film all in French? It's a great idea. I'd love that. That'd be cool. There's some great French auteur filmmakers, that, you know, I'd love that. <laughs> Excuse me. I love to um I love to learn. So anyway, taking copious notes like your fellow colleague here is very important. And look how he's doing it. He does. Kyle he's takes doing show it notes. in a way that's really like you mean business. Yeah, he's not fucking around over I there. I I wish I could send a picture to all of you right now so you could see this. Everyone knows that Kyle is um he's a very studious young man and um he has field, field notes. notes in his pocket. Yeah. I always hope that I open that field notes and I just find really detailed drawings of birds. Like I don't know what you do. <laughs> <laughs> like you're literally taking old, <laughs> old Galapagos style field field notes where you're trying to t- figure out where the speciation uh, diverges. <laughs> wow, you come up with such good vocabulary when you're tired. What do you do when you're awake? I'm very stupid when I'm awake. I'm being serious. Seriously, it's impressive. So Galapian, you just said, or Galapian? What? Galapagin. Galapagin, see? No, it's not. It's, it's great. Up, yeah. It works for me. I couldn't even say it. Um, I can speak a little French, but I can't say that. So this is what this is what I think is interesting in sort of this parallel experience that I feel like you and I had, which is you're, you know, for all intents and purposes, you grew up in, you know, Washington. Yeah. And <laughs> it's a, you know, it's it's not, it's, you've not been in Washington longer than you were in Washington. In your mind, because I had the same experience in Memphis, Tennessee. In your mind... You don't have an accent. I know. What happened? I don't know. It's a great accent. Get it back. Um, all right. I could take it back a little bit. All right. Yeah. Now we're talking. Right? Man, <laughs> have you seen that new Jeff Dunham special? <laughs> Motherfucker makes puppets talk. <laughs> they say the racist things. <laughs> um, but in your mind, that was a considerable, like, oh, you grew up there, you were there. But when you think about it, it really wasn't that many years, but because of the years that you were there, it feels like most of your life. But you've been here most of your life, right? Well, yeah, actually. Let's see. I think your formative years, I would call where you're growing up. But I would say, if you put a period on the end of things, from 3 to 15, I would say those formative years, I consider where I grew up because, I don't know, it's just feels like you were young and you weren't you didn't have the responsibilities that you do now and then but if you put a period on the end of that yes I moved to California from 15 to well 25 Mm -hmm. and then I moved to New York oh you were in New York for a while yeah I moved to New York for eight years okay and you're back here now and I'm back here I kind of but I mean back here loosely I would say my main home is here um, but I would say I really live on a plane. I just right. think with, uh, with our jobs and movie sets and different, you know, we're all over the place, all over the world. Do you enjoy the mechanics of the nomadic lifestyle? Or I love it. You do. I love it. And I have to say, I'm a little worried because I love it so much when I'm settled somewhere for too long. It's not that I get bored. I never get bored. I made a vow with myself at 18 that I'd never get bored because mm-hmm. there's so much that I want to do in life. And if I'm bored, I feel like I'm, I'm lazy, quite sure. frankly. So. Sure. I'm never bored, but I just feel like, okay, I'm ready to learn something new or experience something else. Yeah. So. Do you find that the I'm getting Nancy thing translates into other parts of your life, or is it just like where you're hanging your hat? 
Um, probably only where I'm hanging my hat. Yeah, I'm pretty good at being in the moment and hanging in the now. So that's good. Did you were you always like that, or did you figure out how to do that? Uh, I think it's something that probably started happening in that that second after that first period of 15. As I because when I was young, all I wanted to do was grow up. Sure. It's all I wanted. I just, and I remember adults saying to me, don't grow up so fast. Don't grow up so fast. And you're like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Now I'm like, shit, I should have listened ah, a little better. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up really, really fast. Yeah. Well, if you moved out here when you were 15, were you in like, um, uh, cause I, f- I was actually 15 and a half to be exact. Cause I had my learner's permit. I could drive down with my mom when she was nice. Yeah. Did you go to regular school or did you go to like actor school? No, I went to regular school, but I left school at, when I finished my sophomore year. My mom made me get my high school equivalency and my GED and all that. But mm-hmm. no, I, I I started working pretty much right away when I was 16. Oh, wow. What was your first job? Well, I did a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. One of my first jobs was Growing Pains with Leonardo DiCaprio. Whoa. Yeah, think, Whatever happened to him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Uh, and my first movie was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were... I was 16. Oh, it's, I fucking love that movie so much. <laughs> Thanks. It's so good. Paul Rubens was just in the podcast a couple of weeks oh, ago. Oh, God. He had the greatest death scene in the that best. movie. The best. Like five minutes uh, long. Uh, <laughs> it's the best, right? It was the best, and it wasn't written like that. He just did that. Yeah, well, he's a genius. He's, he's genius. He's yeah. a genius, and it kind of that was the first time where I'm like, why hasn't he been doing non peewee stuff all these years? Like as much as I love peewee, yeah. Like why hasn't he? Why where's more of that? Yeah, yeah. He's he's amazing. A Buffy was a, was a great movie. <laughs> so that was one of that was one of your that was your first movie. movie? That was my first movie. My first movie. I was doing some um, half hour sitcom during the day and then shooting that in the evening. You know, only that abundant ener- teenage energy you have, I could somehow do it. Yeah. So this is a. Uh, I think it's. I, what's really interesting to me, and maybe I'm wrong, so please, by all means, tell me to shut up. Oh, I will. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> so, you you do moving the Karate Kid franchise, which you probably or at the time were you like, well, this is going to be huge because that movie was huge, and then this is going to blow up. But then between that and then. Uh, yeah. Boys don't cry, or it's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm basically working for free, and this is something that I really care about, and it's a cutting of my fingers. How many years later it was, and then that's the thing, like the thing that you think might blow you up, maybe sort of does a little bit, but the thing that you just do because you are passionate about the thing, and you don't really think that about is it a really great way to look at it. And yes, you would think that a franchise movie would be that already has a following would be something that could help people and recognize you. it's a new you spin. And, it's a yeah. totally new. Yeah. And I actually remember Jerry Weintraub saying, this is going to be huge. You're going to be a movie star. It's going to be a big deal for you. <laughs> and you know, you better just appreciate this now because your life's going to change. <laughs> Do you know Jerry? No, but now I just love the character. Yeah. He's, he's, he's great. And, um, and then that that didn't happen, and that's okay. Um, you know, for me, I never knocked an opportunity to. I, I took every. I, I was doing sitcoms, like I said. I was doing uh, comedy. I started my career in comedy. I was doing movie of the weeks, left, right, and center. And I, uh, I just, I, I, it was a great experience for me. It was to be the lead in a movie and to be. Eight, I mean, it's eighteen years old. Oh wow! Yeah. Where do you feel like you really cut your teeth? I mean, like, how do you, how? Well, that was definitely cutting my teeth for sure. It was a big, big challenge for me, like I said, because I started in comedy and I wanted a chance to do some drama. And I remember actually 
feeling like I have to step in these big shoes of Ralph Macchio. Like, how do I live up to Ralph Macchio? How do you live up to that? Yeah. And so I... I, I remember walking around, the character was really intense and always scowling and, you know, really teen angst. And I walked around like that thinking if I somehow let some happiness seep in, I won't be able to get back to this angst. <laughs> it was, I guess, what people coin as method. Sure. And now I realize how silly that is. Uh, but, but yeah, it was just my fear of, of t- terrible failure, which I still have, but I just carry it differently. Do you feel like you carry it more responsibly? I mean, I think it's good to have a little fire under your feet at all times. So I'm you- always scared every single time I walk onto a movie set that I'm going to somehow not be able to figure it out and I'm going to let people down. And I was doing this whole roundtable today, the Variety Roundtable mm-hmm. with all the actresses and Julianne Moore said she is so afraid to do theater, but not she doesn't have that fear to do film. And she said something about her therapist who said, you know, it's just an emotion. It's not going to kill you. Right. So... Just thought, wow, that's so great. I said, but don't. I said, I'm afraid that I'm gonna let everybody down, and I'm gonna be the one of these things that's not like the other, and I'm everyone's gonna be great, and I'm gonna ruin the movie. And she goes, oh, well, they'll get over that, and then there'll just be another movie, and you can make up for it. It's like something like that. And I just thought you're great. You're so that's great. an interesting thing. So do you think that that is? Um, do you think that's a superstitious mechanism, or do you think that that's a, her or me? You, I mean, like saying like, oh, I mean, do you feel like? If you don't, like, that's part of your ritual that if you don't stress about it? No, I really feel like the roles that I take are so challenging that I have to try and figure out how to tackle them because a lot of them are physical. It's not just, I, you know, it's not just a tonality in the voice or an accent or the lines. It's, it's, it's also carrying a physical thing. And quite frankly, I think I've made a career out of playing mostly real people. Mm-hmm. So then there's that responsibility right. and you don't want to let those people down. No, because you're, you have their name temporarily. <laughs> yeah. And some of them are still alive and some of them can watch you and say, that is not at all what I sound like. What are you doing? Yeah, that's true. That is a tremendous so. amount of responsibility, especially with, especially with when, some when almost all of the material is very delicate too because it's very personal and tragic in a lot of you know and so you you really do i never thought about it that way of playing a real person who went through a really you know really difficult thing <laughs> it's like you don't want them going why'd you fuck my story up yeah like i went through that how could you do that's that what i'm saying yeah, but that hasn't that didn't happen so well not thankfully no but that's but i also so a lot of people will say to me you're so prepared and that's completely my my um safety net that's my in preparation it just covers up my not covers but it prepares me for to my what do you call it? I need help. I'm tired. Um, oh, you prepares you for any eventuality. It prepares you for. It, just, it prepares me. So it's my it's my um. It's just, um. It's it's my security blanket. Okay. It's, it's I, I'm overly prepared so that I I can kind of relax. Right. <laughs> so it's it's that thing where you learn it all and then forget it all. Like you then yeah. just like throw it all aside. Yeah. Yeah. And and um. Yeah. How do you know when you're in? When you're working on something, do you have a certain feeling, or how do you know that you're doing what you want to be doing? Oh, I would think because it's such a collaboration, and you're usually being guided by really wonderful directors who can say, oh, that's not working, or, oh, that really works, let's do more of that, and they're helping shape your performance, and hopefully you're working with really great actors who 
also up your A game. Sure. So there's all of those things. But You've worked with quite a few really great actors, yeah, I too. I sure have. God. And I think, I think you don't really know until you look at it and you say, oh, I wish I would have done that differently or that differently because it's just a bunch of little pixels until you sure. get a look back and see the big picture and then it's too late to go back. Right. And when you're – do you have a good gauge though? Like do you go, oh, I didn't do that well or something? And then you see it and you go, oh, I actually that turned out okay. Sometimes, but you can also do something that you think you're, is really great and you're, you, it doesn't look at all what you thought you had in your head. Right. That's just the, that's the nature of art. You set out to, to try and shape something a certain way, but it's a collaboration. So someone else is, you know, pulling on the clay over here and then the clay over here. And all of a sudden you have this sculpture that wasn't exactly how you imagined, but it's beautiful in its own way. But that's what I like about art, mm-hmm. that it, it can be so much more than you expected, but in turn, sometimes it doesn't turn out to be what you expected. So is the... Hmm. So is the is the remedy for that to not try to control the experience Absolutely. too much? Absolutely. Yes, you can't. And that's why that that's probably a really good way of saying why I prepare. I prepare, I let go so that I don't have to be controlling of it. I can play with it. I I know it inside and out, the character and the lines and 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 anything that comes my way whether it's unexpected emotion, it doesn't paralyze me because I know my lines inside and out, or if someone else has unexpected emotion, if all of a sudden they decide to scream their lines at me, I'm not, and then I'm out of it and can't do it. So I'd like to be prepared for the unexpected all the time. Did you ever study improv or anything? You know, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I used to go to the improv and mm-hmm. do just random shows every once in a while with the, with the actors over there. That's fantastic. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. That was when I was doing more of my comedy. You know, I was I was doing so much comedy that when I was ready to do drama and I was on television, the executives that would hire me at these networks said, you know, Hillary, we love you, but you're just too half hour. <laughs> they didn't even say that I was funny. They said I was too half hour. They were just telling you another another, another genre that you were appropriate for. Yeah. Isn't that funny? That, that's really great. Yeah. That's a very half hour approach to tell someone that they're very half hour. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> like even the the concept you could say like, oh well that's a very half hour thing for you to say to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because right? who says that to a person? <laughs> yeah. But it's executives. But it is uh uh I guess that type of flexibility it's tr- I guess it's trying without trying, which is, you know, I feel like you can kind of fall into this trap where you go, oh, I don't know if that was any good because I didn't do anything. And mm. like, yeah, that's right. You didn't do anything. And so it was natural, you know, but you go, yeah, but I didn't feel like I did yes. anything. That's good. Yes. And, and I'm constantly reminded of that, of the power of a pause. A pa- the power of a pause draws people in and allows them to have a feeling. Because if you're so busy emoting all the time, it's almost hard for people to have a feeling. And you see that with people who give great speeches. Um, Martin Luther King or, or just, I just saw Hillary Clinton speak recently. And the power of that pause, just, you, just are draw, you just get sucked right into, what are they saying next? Are they overtaken by emotion themselves? Or, and it's really powerful. And, and to go back to a script and how that relates to a script... I always wonder what's happening between the lines of what a character is saying, because we can say so much in our lives and most of the time we're not really saying anything. You know, it's, 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 
it's you hear it all time and time again in relationships if you go into therapy and but what i was saying was this but you didn't say that <laughs> well that's how i felt but you didn't say that right. the feeling is often so disconnected with what we're saying and i love that about people because it makes us all connected and you know you can relate to people in that way and so just trying to find those moments in in characters and in those pauses here's what i feel like people are saying most of their day Am I okay? You're okay? Am I okay? Am I okay? Is this okay? Totally. Are we okay? Yes. This is okay. This is okay? Yeah. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. Yeah. I totally (laughs) agree with that. It's true. (laughs) It's just that's human nature. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to feel at all times like we're connected. And that's probably why it's hard for most people, especially if they're giving a speech, to pause. Because you want to fill that silence, be like, no, just, everything's okay, mm-hmm. everything's fine. If you pause, or feel, it. yes, or feel it. I, I used to fill my 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 speeches with um um like I like like saying um almost like I promise there's something else coming. But I just need to find it right. instead of just allowing it to be and find it. And, right. Uh, or with you know, you know. Yes. It's just filler. Yeah. It's just filler. It just basically just like fills. It's grout. It's conversational grout. Right. <laughs> just, that's, that's all it is. <laughs> it's connecting the significant pieces together just yeah. so everyone knows like, okay, well, this is going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, did it – what does it do to your head or were you prepared when – because you, you – when you made Boys Don't Cry, it was like, well, yeah, this is a fun movie. But I don't, did you expect all of a sudden, like, you don't, like now you're just like at no, the top floor? I, I all felt of a like I was shot out of a cannon. Sure. I, I just, like you, what you were saying before about, you know, you thought Karate Kid was going to be the next Karate Kid a big hit, and then this, you never expected it. And it, you just never expected it. It was a movie that was made for $1.7 million. Right. I made $3,000 on that movie. I had a, at, in the end, I had an Academy Award and no health insurance because you have to make five th- at the time five thousand dollars to have health insurance under my SAG union. Right now, it's seventy five hundred a year, but I didn't make enough, and uh, I just I don't think I realized what a catalyst that movie was too for such social commentary and and to I as people have told me to be a life changer. I went to, I got a, an award last night at the Outfest. Um, and it was a trailblazer award. And the person who got up and spoke said, I was 19 years old. I mean, this movie came out now 15 years ago. I was 19 years old and I was really struggling with my sexual identity. And I saw this movie and it gave context and it gave an understanding of exactly what I was feeling. And all of a sudden I felt like there was a place in which I belonged and it changed my life and it saved my life. And to think that you can that I had a part in that and just servicing a story is really incredible. It's really part of what I realize now is not something I became an actor for, but it's definitely why I became an actor in a different way. And I'll explain that, which is I became an actor because I love people and I love our stories and I love what makes us similar and what makes us different. Mm -hmm. And when I was a kid and feeling like an outsider myself and my, for my own reasons, I would relate to characters in movies and they were experiencing something I was feeling. So it made me feel less alone in the world that I was traversing in. So it connected, even though it was maybe not exactly that specific thing. That's what movies can do. That's what great books can do. That's what art can do. And, um, so no, at the time when I was filming that movie, no idea 
if I knew that I'd probably be an insurmountable responsibility that I'd probably crush under. I, I just saw the movie as a great opportunity for me as an artist. I saw it as a beautiful love story. I also recognized that it was a moment when my own vision and, and ideas of the world was, it, it blasted open my, um, my ideas of, of, you know, what's this called? My, the way we all see things, you know, it just was like, oh, expanded my peripheral vision. Well, universe. Yeah, that all works. That's okay. kind of the, that is kind of what I'm acting out here if we were doing charades. Yeah. Yes. But, um, oh, um, but you know, we just, yeah, exactly. We, you know, we see like this and then as, and, and when we're young and then, well, actually we see like this when we're young right. and then all of a sudden these come on by people telling us how we're, these are blinders I'm putting up for everyone who and can't getting see hurt me. too. Getting hurt too does this. Yes, you're right. And so we go like this and then, and then we slowly things happen and we go, Oh, right. Oh, and then we travel and then we learn about another way of life and we go, Oh, right. Oh, and then all of a sudden we have an expansive way of seeing the world and we're not so rigid in our ideas. And anyway, I'm really going off on a no, tangent. No, no, no. It's but- a good tangent because I think it's very important every so often uh, to maybe like once a year, every couple of years, write down the things you think you're afraid of and then reassess whether or not you're afraid of those things still. Yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, we sort of. Uh, you know, you sort of snowball all these things that happen to you throughout your life, which essentially makes up you or at least how you interact yeah. with the world. But then sometimes just through growth or new experiences or whatever, those don't necessarily exist anymore. But you forget because it's sort of like on autopilot. Yes. So it's good to sort of go that through. That is a really great way. That's a great idea. Because you might because, go, oh, I'm not really afraid yeah, of this thing anymore. But we I guess define I ourselves by all these things that we've either been told or how we see ourselves. Yeah. You're right. And as we grow and change and expand our way of seeing the world, we have. you're right. We have to check in with ourselves and say, actually, no, that doesn't actually define how I see things or see myself anymore. Sure. And it's a constant finding out where we start and where we end and other people see us start and end. And, and it's, it's, it's daily work. I think. Do you, when you, uh, when you go through things in life challenges, is there some party that's like, ah, new experience to sort of draw from? Oh yeah. And I would say that's been the biggest blessing of being an actor. And now I just turned 40 this year. So I, I'm, I have the, the ability now to be able to look back and all the choices that I've made, the trajectory of, of, of choices I've made and how all those characters walking in their shoes and seeing through their eyes has expanded and made, made me a better person. It's been, it's just, again, I never imagined it being that enriching. Right. Well, but most people... I mean, you also done some amazing roles too, but, and, but most people in their lives, if, if most people had to actually go through and were forced to empathize with another human being for like mm. three months at a time or six months at a time, which is whatever, how long your the shoots are, that they would probably change, you yeah. know, like having to pretend that there's someone else and, you know, right or wrong, still have to sort of see all this person's choices as right and necessary like i don't know everyone think everyone would be a little bit different i totally agree with that and i it's just it's it's a beautiful sidebar to my being able to live my dream and do what i've always wanted to do since i was eight years old yeah well it seems to be working out pretty well (laughs) is it was is it i mean is there any other the the, the nominated for getting nominated for an oscar and then getting but then going through the thing and then getting it and then 
Is that is that a, a, a wonderful process, or is it a I'm going to buckle because this is weird and stressful, and I don't like the attention kind of a thing? Well, when, in the case of Boys Don't Cry, I felt like it was this enormous opportunity to get so many people to be able to see this little movie. I mean, it was literally the little movie that could. There's no other way to explain it. And so I actually had this I, – I talked to – I, I know I just said Julianne Moore and I've been I'm dropping days left and right here, but I talked to Tilda Swinton three days ago too because we're doing, you do these actor on actors interviews and yeah. she, we, we were interviewing each other and we were talking about Academy Awards and, and she said it so well and so I'm going to share it with you. Please. She said that um, the Academy Award is always bigger than a person or a performance or a film. The Academy Award is so famous and it will always be bigger than any 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 one performance. And yet it's this gold star like a like it's it's like if you have an Academy Award for the film or someone in the film more people go to see it. And she used this analogy when you walk down the cereal aisle, there's so many choices, there's so many great choices of cereal. But the cereal box with the gold star may be the one that you buy because it has the gold star. <laughs> right. So I just thought that's really a really great metaphor. She's she's pretty I've never met her. She's she's amazing though. She's brilliant and yeah. she's lovely and she's a girl's girl she's supportive of other women and um so it was really great to talk to her but hearing her say that it really put into context what i what i felt and and so so many more people watch the film because of that right and be and 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 you, you give birth to these movies you know you put so much love and effort and grit and sweat and tears and heart into them that you want people to see them, you know, and they're not all, they don't always come out well, you know? So <laughs> no. when they do, you especially want people to see them. And no, guys, this time really, really. Yeah. This one. And I'm really, it's, I probably will never make a movie that's as important as boys don't cry. And, and, uh, so for that, I was, I was extraordinarily grateful that it got the recognition that it did. And, 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 um, it was a great honor to be, be in that, uh, to be in, in, in that history, uh, forever in the, in the history of the Academy Awards. It, it's, 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 it's an honor. Do you, do you remember what it was like to be on stage or do you just like, does your brain sort of half shut down and you're like, ah, oh, it's over now. I, I, it's so excruciatingly overwhelming that I remember thinking my heart is beating so hard and so fast that I felt like my neck was actually doing like a cartoon <laughs> where your skin was going bum, 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 out. That's how my heart was beating. Yeah. And you feel also, again, I just keep going back to the word responsibility because this movie was such a so, so socially important that I didn't want to forget the people who helped 
make it. Right. It was, I just didn't want to forget anybody. And in the end, I forgot my ex-husband. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> which um, people gave you shit about. It's like, all right, guys, come on. Can we, do we really need to focus on every little thing yeah. that happens? Um, and also, you know, he, he, I already thanked him in our own little private ceremony, if you want to say. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I, I just, you know, I, you don't, you, there's just so much you want to say and you have so little time to say it. And it's a huge moment. And, and yeah, so it, I, I don't see it anything but a, but a real positive and, and, and extraordinary kind of something to bottle up. It's magic. Yeah, it is. But it is all of a sudden like, you're on. And this is that thing that you were thinking about your entire life. What? I, um, oh, mm. for shit. Oh, my God. Mm. With the clock. Oh, mm. fuck. Mm. <laughs> you know. And, I, and then, again, as you, you brought up the word empathy earlier to you know, walk in other people's shoes and have empathy, then all of a sudden, everyone who, who ever got up there, I was like, oh, I get it. It is really hard to be up here. It really is. You, I understand the stuttering and the, um, 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 uh, I get it. I get the tears, the unexpected just explosion of tears or the uncontrollable laughter. It's just, it's, it's bigger than all of us as Tilda said. And, and anything I, I wouldn't, I, I, let's just say I wouldn't be surprised by any type of reaction. If someone fainted up there, I'd go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I'm never going to be nominated for an Oscar, and I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but what I do envision is me just throwing up on the microphone and going, well, that happened. Uh, I'd like to thank CAA, and then, like, walk off. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't... But then I also think... And I wouldn't be surprised. No, and I, you know... But I've... look, you got CAA in. <laughs> <laughs> or I just imagine that the music starts playing, and then I'm just, I have to sing the rest of them like, thanks, Martin Lee Sack, or whatever. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but I, but you'll be I, your own music. I be my own. When music. you're done, you'll just start singing. I'll just start singing. And you'll be like, end. "That's me. That's my time up." Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm policing myself on the, <laughs> on the thing. But I also wonder if I, because I feel like I'm the type of personality that would almost, in a weird way, feel bad. That with like the other people that I was nominated, I'd be like, oh, I don't think, I mean, yeah. you should have, yeah. I don't, yes. uh, this isn't, I didn't decide this. It's, you know, because you, and you do feel that because you didn't get up there by yourself. Right. It's a collaboration and you're only as good as your weakest link. Right. So it means that everyone was on their A game and they pretty much propelled you up there. They pushed, you know, they, with all those sweat that we were just talking about, you know? Yeah. It's a big, big, big group effort. Not only that, but it's essentially, I apologize for this analogy, but this is sort of where my brain's at right now. <laughs> it's essentially the uh, popping of a three-month emotional zit. So no, so that's why I think it's like all this emotion's like, blah, blah, like you just don't yeah. know what's going to come out because, you know, it's slowly the morning that it all gets announced and then, and then everyone puts more pressure on you, like... You're probably like, oh, you know, it'll be fine. But everyone's like, you should be really freaked out about this. Yeah. What? I should? Like all the magazines. What are you going to wear? <laughs> yeah. Your shoes better not be dumb. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, then, then it circles back to what we were just talking about earlier. Yeah. All of that, 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 the stuff that people can put on it. And you're like, oh, am I supposed to be feeling that? But let me check in with myself. Am I feeling that? Oh, I'm too tired. I don't even know what I'm feeling anymore. It's all <laughs> that stuff. I just wanted to pretend to be someone else in a thing. And I don't yeah. want to all this shit. Yeah. I didn't ask for this shit. <laughs> uh, are you good at... Um, I, I I'm always interested to hear different actors' perspectives on this because obviously a, a lot of stuff that you've portrayed is, has been really emotional, it's a lot of intense. And so how do you 
shake that off at the end of a day or do you, or is it production wise do you have do you just put it off to the end of the production or can you shake it off each day no i i i like to think that i'm shaking it off at the end of each day but then you you work your 18 hour day 14 never less than 12 right and you go home and you learn your lines and you go to sleep. So you're in the character. You're sleeping and you wake up and you're you're 5 a.m. back in the hair and makeup chair and you're looking at your lines and then you go and you're in the character all day and then you go learn your lines again. And so you never – and over the weekend you're learning your lines and you just don't have a, a day off out of that character's brain right. for until you finish the movie. And now I now I know with some time I'll find me again and pieces of the character will stay with me for the better like right. we talked about but in the beginning like with Boy Note Cry for is a perfect example for 8 weeks I was like where am I and where is this and where uh, uh, you know it was really but it was also so emotional knowing that that happened to somebody if you play a fictional character you can kind of say oh this didn't really happen this is just make believe and but you're saying all of that meanwhile you're having all the emotions that your character is going through so you can logically say that to your brain but still when you cry your phys- the physical uh, uh release that happens when you're crying or screaming those those chemicals are released in your body, so they they there's a hangover from that. Well, sure, your emotional and, brain doesn't know your logic what your logical brain is doing, right? So you feel those things, you feel those things. Yeah, and as much as you try and separate, your your it's in you, it's in you, and so it takes a little while to recover from that. Every every movie. I apologize because I'm sure you got this question a million and a half times when you did that m- movie, but um, which one? Boys don't cry. But what does it do? Like. How did it change or challenge your idea of gender identity to basically prepare for that and then live it? And then, like, what did that going into that? Did you have what were your preconceived notions, and what did you come out on the other side with? Well, I one, I didn't know know how much I use my femininity to get what I wanted, meaning from anything from, and it's hard to express this uh, with words, but literally, like walking in and being like, "Hi." Mm-hmm. You know, do you have a table for four? I know it's last minute. You know, it's just a thing we do. I don't know how men express that physically to get what they want. Table. <laughs> and then we shit in our hands. We're very archaic. Lovely. <laughs> um, no, but you know, it's just it's the way we we use our charms and um, and then all of a sudden when that's stripped away and I'm trying, I'm out and I'm passing as a boy trying to see what works and what didn't work. What was interesting to me is some people would still say, oh, you know, she wants a a coffee, can you get her a coffee? And then other times people would say, oh, you know, he, he wants coffee, get him a coffee. And I thought, what did I do to make him think that I was a boy? But then there were those instances when people didn't know what I, what gender I was, a boy or girl. Mm-hmm. And they were actually, they were mean. They weren't just, they weren't just passive. They were, they were mean. And it was, I mean, for the most part, not blanket, but I would say for the most part, at least 97% of people were, were mean because they couldn't define me. And so it somehow threatened their own, own idea of themselves or I don't even know. It was definitely issues they were having. So what was really, really hard about that. And to this day, it still really troubles me is you know, that's me as an actor. I was scratching the surface of what it felt like to walk in these shoes. There's people every day, day in and day out, that have that are struggling with sexual identity or going through a um, 
a sex change and people can't define them and they're being treated like that. Mm-hmm. Yet they are no different than anyone else who is clearly able to be defined. And I don't know, it just, it made me feel hopeless for humanity. And to think 15 years later, we still have so much territory to gain for people's equality and for people to have a safe place. And, you know, this is in Los Angeles. We're talking in New York City, where I was passing as a boy. Right. Where you would assume like, oh, everyone's, they, they're used to everything. They yeah. should be more, more accepting. Like, oh, And then you realize, oh, yeah, Tina Brandon or Brandon Tina, however you want to say it, was murdered living in Nebraska. Matthew Shepard, Wyoming or Idaho, left beaten and tied to a pole to die. You know, these are smaller towns, but yeah, in these big cities, I became the spokesperson for gay, trans, uh, gay, lesbian, transgendered and questioning youth for 10 years after that movie. And I'd hang out with these youth um, and they would just say, yeah, every single day we are every single day, a hundred percent of them said that they are either abused physically or emotionally heckled in New York city. And how, I mean, what, what can people do to help that? Talk about it. Talk about it. It's it. It takes it takes films like Boys Don't Cry. It takes TV shows like um, Orange Is the New Black, and um, it takes films and and conversation. It's sort of sad to think that you know the films I think are the catalyst for conversation, right? Or or TV shows. Well, definitely anything that gets people talking uh, and. A community forming around something on a on a larger scale. Oh, okay, this. Oh, right, okay. Like the the more normal it f- feels, the more just a part of. Well, that's why uh, I already talked about this. But when um, when Tim Cook came out, uh, mm-hmm. this is like the big story was like how not a big story it was, right? And that was the really cool thing about it. Exactly, it and that's like, where oh, we've fine. taken such great strides. You know, um, you you look back. And 15 years ago to now, we've taken great strides, and that's one of them. It's great when, when people celebrate that and say, okay, yeah, great. And, but it's also – it's not, almost not like you're even celebrating it. You're just going, okay, yeah, okay. And then there's you know, what's next in, in, to talk about. Um, and you're right. That's, that's the way it should be. It shouldn't be a big deal either way. So then is it strange for you to uh, – you make this movie. This is, very, this is very important to people's lives and their well-being and their sense of identity – and then <laughs> how do you decide what to do next? I mean, obviously, it worked out very well. But then when all of a sudden you have all these choices, it, are you going, oh, my God, what do I – I mean, yeah. it's like another really heavy, serious, important story? Or do I, should I just do a romantic comedy? Or should I – like, how do you know what to pick? Well, it's – it's a really good question. And at that time, I thought, well, what do I do? I – I mean, I my hair was down below my breast when I got that film and cut my hair off, and yet that was how everyone saw me was as this kind of androgynous boy. And so I thought, oh, do I need to do a movie where I show that I'm a girl? I'm like, no, I am a girl. I just need to be me. And right. so there was all of these kind of questions of how do you, what do you do? And um, I think 
I jumped into a couple films too quickly because I just wanted to, oh, I got this opportunity. Wow, I got an offer. Wow. <laughs> it still feels new. Yeah. And I'm going to do it. And and I didn't really just sit down for a second and and like you said, just check in with myself and say, okay, what is it that I'm, what do I want to do next? What am I looking to do? And I just kind of really jumped into anything that came my way because I was, I guess, maybe surprised things were coming my way because I, I was always fighting so hard for my roles. And... And then I just tried to, then eventually got to a place where I stopped trying to shape it because I don't think you can, you can always try and say, okay, here's my game plan. Let's say my one year game plan, my three year game plan, my five year game plan. But I found that every time I tried to shape it, I was missing other opportunities that were right in front of my face. Mm -hmm. And so I just stopped doing that. And I just thought, well, yes, this is another real life character that I'm playing, but what am I, I'm not going to do it because I've already done that. Of course not. Right. And especially in, in a world where there's not as many great female leads, that was just not an option for me. So if I find a story, I, obviously it's not just going to be a character that's compelling, but if it's just a compelling story, I mean a compelling character within a story that really um, blows my mind, the narrative has to be there, then of course I'm going to jump at it. And I don't just wait for things to come my way. I look for, I search out material and look for the next thing. That's good goal setting though. Cause I think there's, there's a better goal setting language as opposed to, you know, saying like, I'm only going to do this specific kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it sort of makes you myopic and you're not seeing, mm-hmm. but, but a goal like, well, I only want to do things that I think tell important stories. It's just the result is re- could be relatively the same, but it's just a better it just keeps you open that's a, the word i was just going to use you'd have to stay open minded with everything and so if there's a a story that comes across my table and there's a a good idea within it and it's maybe not really perfectly executed yet i'll still listen to the director uh pitch their vision for it and hear them say they might even say when you sit down i don't think it's we have it right yet but this is where i want to go with it and then as long as you have that foundation so you have to be open minded if you read it and you said oh this isn't you know it's it's a it's a process yeah uh was 90210 fun um i had fun i had fun i always have fun um, but you know, I was on 90210 in the eighth season when no one watched it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but wasn't Luke were, Perry was long gone. Weren't you the pregnant teen character? Nope. I was Carly Reynolds. Oh, okay. I played Ian Z- Ziering's love interest. Okay. And I signed a two year contract and I was fired after the 13th episode. Okay. Of the 18th, of the eighth season that no one watched. They may have done you a favor. Well, they definitely did because two months later I got Boys Don't Cry. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? Oh. Oh, my God. This Uh, is exactly why it's important to be flexible and to (laughs) – that perceived – you know, because at the time you're like, what? Oh, I the was fuck. I'm I, supposed to totally devastated. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm not good enough for 90210 in the eighth season. <laughs> and uh, yeah, talk about just wait for the silver lining. Yeah, that 
I mean, that's there can't, I mean, listen, you can be as above things and take the high road and altruistic, but but we're still human beings. There was some party was like, yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> I mean, there had to be a little bit, a little bit. Okay, maybe surprised, a like, little. I'm surprised. <laughs> listen, if you would accept the Oscar, I'd like to thank everyone. This is a really great opportunity. Especially for fuck you, nine zero two one zero, and then like <laughs> spike the Oscar and run off stage. No one would have blamed you. Like that would that would have been amazing. Dang, if I could only go back in time. <laughs> only go back in time how was uh how was clint he's how was he oh just as dreamy as everyone can imagine did you corner him and make him tell you stories yeah actually yeah uh and he had that 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 magnetic way of delivering them too you know well you know he'd he'd say uh um well yeah i'll tell you something about that and it just was like, oh, my God, I'm sitting here with Clint Eastwood. I would never go to my trailer because if it wasn't him, it was Morgan Freeman sitting there singing or, you know, telling some great story as well. I just was like a sponge. That's incredible. Yeah. Clint, tell the story about the time that shit. Like, they just, like, imagine those two guys talking together. Yeah. It must be the most amazing. Yeah. Gravel, oh, you, gravel. You just sounded like a, a, an American president more than Morgan Freeman. Which president? Um, I would say maybe Nixon. You think so? You guys agree? I'm not a crook. No, I don't know. Is it Truman? My name is Harry S. Truman. No. I don't know. You sound like an an old uh, president of, I think, why not? I think Nixon. You don't think so? Nixon? Okay. Hmm. Could Nixon have. Gary, let's go back through your filled notes and see if there's presidents in there. We can. Now in my head, I'm just trying not to do uh, Morgan Freeman's speech about how Tim Robbins escaped Shawshank as Nixon. In my head, oh, that's, that's what that's what's God, playing. You got a smart head. In my brain, that's what's playing. Uh, like and I I'm, said, I just keep thinking you're tired. Really? No, I'm just fighting every urge not to break into that sketch. So okay, it's better if we just if I don't subject you to that. No, I wouldn't mind. Really put you to. <laughs> he swam through three football fields worth of shit and filth. I can't even imagine. <laughs> See, it wasn't. It wasn't. I shouldn't have done it. That was good. No, I was. That was comedy is self indulgent. That was. That was wrong of me to no, do that. No, it wasn't. Okay, I appreciate. No, it wasn't. No, I feel okay. But uh, do you, what types of things now do you? Well, obviously, your home zone is a movie that it comes out tomorrow. Yeah. And tomorrow. Did you shoot that in Nebraska? No, New Mexico. You for shot it in New Mexico, New Mexico for a bit. A lot of stuff with you is Nebraska. I know. Isn't that crazy? Are you gonna just? Are you gonna move? Two this things. Two things. But you were born there, right? Oh, oh yeah. So okay. So three things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was born there, and then but Brandon Tina. Going back to that because that's really dominated our conversation. Was born in that same hospital I was born in two oh. years before me. Oh my gosh! Crazy, right? So there's there's something about Nebraska. Yeah, that's well, important for you. You'll have to. Maybe you'll go back there someday. No. Okay. All right. Well, you can go to New Mexico and pretend. It's My family's in Iowa. I like Iowa, but it's very different than Nebraska. Yeah. In the topography, anyway. So, uh, th- so this movie comes out tomorrow, mm-hmm. and Tommy Lee Jones wrote it. Is this- he co-wrote it. He co-wrote it, and he directed it, and he stars beautifully in it. Yeah. The uh, three hats. I don't know how. It's possible. Would you ever want to do that? Well, I would like to direct someday. I don't know if I want to direct myself, but I think directing would be something I'm open to. I'm not 
actively looking for something, but if something were to cross my desk, I would actually... You have a production company. Yeah. So you could, if you wanted to, yeah, you if, could make that happen. Yeah. But I love acting. It's my passion, my, 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 my love. I feel like, you know, for some reason, people throw around directing like it's a fallback thing, or they'll go... And then maybe someday I'll direct. Like, really? Yeah. Because it's really hard. Exactly. You, you know it's not... You know it's the hardest. You're wearing so many hats as a director, and you have so many decisions to make. And ultimately, it's interesting. Although, when a film doesn't work, it's usually blamed on the actor. Right. So, um, it's it's that's an interesting thing that I just thought of, as you said. That, but it's a director's. I mean, it's, it's their film. But you get, but the but the actors, the actors, when it works, get no, a lot the directors of the credit, too. And the director, but then also when it doesn't work, they get blamed a lot too. Yeah. It's it really is kind of shitty. <laughs> really kind of. I'll shitty. still take it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I knew. Uh, I don't. I can't remember which director it was, but someone who had directed a movie for the first time said that what they learned was to just answer things, even if it was the wrong answer, because they thought that it was more important that they that Had they give answer. the illusion that they knew what they were doing instead for, of saying I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know, because exactly. Then everyone would the, the the morale would kind of go. Oh and no! Just, yeah, we're being directed by someone who doesn't know what they're oh, doing. Oh, the crew can sense it. There's a guy like two streets <laughs> over stopping traffic that slowly turns his head because he hears like I don't. I don't know. know. Yeah, exactly. What? what? And then record scratch for some reason. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so directing isn't something that you you think. I mean, if you were afforded the opportunity. Would you want to direct comedy? Would you want to direct? Uh... Oh, I love that you asked that because people ask me if I want to direct. I would if if I were afforded the opportunity. I would like to direct um, um, children, like a like a not a bunch of children, a child, a, a coming of age story, even a teen something. I don't know, yeah. something something like that. Yeah, so you know, dramatic with some levity. Yeah. Do you have Do you have kids? No, no. you don't have kids. You... I have a boyfriend who has kids. So. Oh, you do? Yeah. And my ex-boyfriend had a, had a kid, so I've had kids around so me. So kid, there's, there's kids around you. Yeah. And do you... I love kids. You do? Yeah. Do you like being a, sort of the... Well, it's also nice, too, because, because there are other people's kids to a certain extent. You can be like, okay, kind nah, of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll just be Every cool. Every week. You get like, to see me be cool. For and then... one week, we're just going to hang. It's you and me. And then the next week, you can kind of focus back on the things that you ignored while you were hanging out with them. Yeah. Giving them all your attention, which is what you want to do. But it, yeah, they're not full time. Okay. So this is, might be an annoying question and could, could reach James Lipton levels of pretentiousness. But if you... <laughs> what is your favorite... <laughs> Um, if you, that was good. Though. Oh, thank you. That I appreciate like that. Him. Thank you. Uh, if you could go back and let's say you meet young Hillary, who's just just landing on the shores of Hollywood, uh, what advice would you give your young self? Doesn't even have to be entertainment business related. I was at uh, LMU yesterday doing a Q and A there. Yeah, and one of the the kids asked me that, and my answer was to not worry so much. Right. And I know it's so cliche to it's give not. that answer, but it's just like, if I could just go back and not worry so much. And I'm, so I give that to myself now as I turn 40, because I know when I'm 60, I'll look back and say, why didn't you say that to your 40 year old self? So, right. That's good advice. <laughs> but how do you do it? <laughs> I, I really actively do it. I really do. I just say that's not worth my worry right now. And it's taking me out of this moment that I'm supposed to be in and I won't let it rob me. That's good advice. 
That's good. Am I going to leave here and you're going to make some jokes about me? Some stand up? No. Like Hillary brought in her cliche book of self help from waking up with an attitude of gratitude to, <laughs> to, um, thanks, Oprah. I'm Next. not in the moment anymore yeah. if I'm worrying. Let's all remember our spirit. <laughs> no, I, I, no, not at all. No, I, I would, I'd never make fun. I wouldn't make fun of someone. I'm just not, not really that way. Like, oh, good. if I'm, if I make fun of someone, it's usually, because uh, a they're a complete douche nozzle, or and it's and it's like what they've done is so ridiculous. It's like okay. all right, or I'm making fun in a communal way. It's like oh, we all do this, and right. I am ridiculous, and this is all something. Okay. Like but that. I'm not, you know. Yeah, this isn't morning radio. You like, know what you could have said to me? What? Hillary, don't worry about that. I should have, see? <laughs> but you know what happened? I was worried that you would worry that I would think that. And, and then so, you, and then I got worried that you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> I tried to fill we all... We were the, not in the moment with No, worry. I was not at all. God <laughs> damn it. I have so much to learn. I have so much to learn. I'm older than you, too. I should know this. Not, no, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're 41. 40, almost 40. 43 in a week. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. When's your birthday? November 23rd. Oh, great. It's going to be really... Not You're a Scorpio. Sagittarius. Oh, just on the on brain. the cusp. Ooh, yeah. That tail right back. off. I know. My, I don't. I don't really understand. You know, my mom was like, I don't know why she told me this. She was like, I held my legs together until you were a Sagittarius. Yeah, like, a lot of people. Say way that too much Scorpio. information. <laughs> Way too much. You could have just said you're a Sagittarius. <laughs> Didn't need the backstory. She's in there doing yoga ha- handstands. No. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I took a cork and I... Mom, please. <laughs> my mom's funny. Like, she's she's very funny. I actually have to work on my birthday, which is fine. I mean, it's it's good to work, so it doesn't bother yeah, me. Yeah, and 43. It's not like it's a magical number. No, no, no. But it's your birthday. Yeah. I mean, you know what, you know what I meant by magic. Do you like birthdays? Yeah, I'm a big oh, I'm a do. Leo, so I'm like all about birthdays. So was my mom. So was my dad. Leos? Mhm. Are they left-handed? No. No, okay. they're righties. I'm left-handed. I don't know. I was just trying to find a lot of comparisons. Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay. You're, uh, well, you're not a professional bowler. No. But you, but you I might in a movie. You bowl it? You what? I might You could be a professional bowler in yeah, a movie. Yeah, you write that script. Oh, okay. Um, I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> tick, 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 tick. I bowl left-handed. You do bowl left-handed. Yeah. I had to do that. <laughs> but I, and I throw a ball left-handed. I play tennis left-handed. I golf right-handed. I bat right-handed. Really? I, I use chopsticks with right hand. What? What the fuck? I know. You know why? You ambidextrous? We, learned, we had, I clearly, but I was taught that because we had a class that was like, Asian day in school and we learned how to use chopsticks. I was seven and they only showed us with our right hand. Oh, really? Yeah. That's kind of funny to school had Asian day. Now I'd be like, uh, yeah. not okay. Yeah, right. We're all going to come in and we're going to dress in that and then we're going to use someone's mom will tweet that out and that'll kill that. <laughs> That's what happens now. <laughs> Some Asian kid's mom's going to be like, hey, not cool. Yeah. And then no more Asian day. Uh, are you so? Do you are you are you internety? Or do you do you look at any of the social media at all, or is not? I'm not. I I wasn't for a long time. I don't. I don't. I mean, I have a laptop this big, but I use it to watch movies. I'm really. I'm. I'm also not even good at typing on a computer. I I hit that little microphone button and I talk into my phone. Uh-huh. I still have a four. Oh, you do? Yeah. It's yeah. time to upgrade. I know. You know, this is a good size. It's kind of big to put in your pocket, though. Do you feel hypnotized at all by yeah, the shininess oh, of this gorgeous ooh, uh, uh, big phone? But it, but you that's even, really big. Is that yeah, the six? This is the six plus. Oh, it's the six plus, and it's. But you're not old enough to need that big of writing. 
No, I know, but pictures. Uh, it's only it's your birthday coming up. I had, to, I had to just. I appreciate. No, I appreciate the age joke. No, joke. I appreciate the age joke. Um, no, but I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I never did any type of social media either. And then I was told, oh. You really should Twitter, and I think I said something really dumb once, like, "No, I don't tweet mm-hmm. things like that." And and then, um, so yeah, now I have an Instagram account and a Twitter account, and I actually really enjoy Instagram because it's, it's a fun way to tell a story with a picture. I know, and I, love I like the shit that. out of it, and I like looking at other people's pictures. And somehow, again, it goes back to what I was saying about reading books and watching movies, and you see people who write things that you're feeling and you feel less alone. I think it's a really nice way to connect to other, other, other people. Um, but I don't, please explain Twitter to me. I don't get it. I I try, I do it, but I don't get it. And I think it's a great way to get news information, Mm -hmm. but I don't get, I don't even know how to read it. I'm like, what? Uh, 50 people said this about this, or is that about that? I don't know how to even put where the buttons are. Here's Twitter. Here's Twitter. You ready? Status updates, Twitter. Uh, am I okay? Am I okay? You okay? You okay? Am I okay? Okay. I'm okay. It's just short, just bite size, status updates, very digestible, digestible. So do you like it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, social media is sort of like um, uh, the Funyuns of culture. Funyuns. You know, it's I like, like it. it's just like, okay. you know, like it's, it's digestible. It's maybe not great for you, but it tastes good in the moment. And then afterwards you're like, why did I do that? And then you do it again later. Oh, okay. That's a good way to explain it. Yeah. Um, well, I just learned this word, handle. My oh, your Twitter handle, handle. is mm-hmm. Hillary Swank. Is that original? That is. <laughs> How did you get that? <laughs> you were able to get your own name, which is good. Are you Hillary Swank on Instagram as yeah. well? Nice. But I think you're able to get it if, unless the other person really is. Hillary is also Swank. a Hillary Swank. Yeah. yeah. So. If someone was, if someone was an there impersonator, were some, there were. They, they call them. Do they call them squatters? Squatters. Yeah. People do squat. Yeah. You know a lot of this terminology. Well, you know, I'm learning. I'm what learning you... a thing or two. I got to get with it now. Now that this is like people are doing this. Get right? with the times. Get with the times. Come on, Foxy lady, <laughs> get with the times. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing it. I have I have. I, I'm proud to say that I have 25,000 followers on Instagram, but apparently when you open up other people, they have like millions. Yeah, I know. But I just started. You know, but those people like just put up pictures of cats. Well, <clears throat> I put up a lot of pictures of dogs. Oh. Watch it. You're in very challenging territory. No, I just like, just <laughs> if you throw in a cat Look picture, at you're like, every me, 10 me, pictures, me, back, me. It up, back it up, back it up, back yeah. it up. Every 10 pictures, just throw in a cat picture. And I'm telling you. And then what do I hashtag that? Cats. Okay, and then I'll have a million followers in how long? When oh. I come back to your show? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, okay. The next time you're here, you'll have a million followers. Okay. It's a, yeah, no, I'll see I, you in five years. I love, <laughs> I love Instagram. I love the visual diary aspect of it. But uh, it, it is one of those things where uh, every once in a while I go back and I'm like, oh, should I delete some of these older pictures? Because they just don't, I don't know. I don't know why I posted that at the time. No, don't do that. No? No, um, that, that's like, you know, showing uh, your parents going, oh, look at this picture of Hillary when she had her braces to your new boyfriend. No. <laughs> and then you, you're so mortified you wad it up and eat the picture. Yeah, no, you can't go back and change those things. That's where you were at that point, that time, and you just go, oh, cool, wow. Maybe I'll never do that again. Or, wow, that was actually cool. I'm going to start wearing that shirt again. I liked it with my collar up or whatever. That's good advice. Yeah. You... Um, 
Have you ever been uh, have you ever been flagged for a terms of service violation? No, but I, w- I followed Chelsea Handler, and mm-hmm. she was, and I yeah, I was. didn't even know anything of the sorts. And funny enough, she said she wasn't going to use Instagram anymore. Look at how much information I know after I said I have no idea of all. I know this a second stuff. you go like handle is that what it's called? Okay, here's TOS violations. So yeah, I but I because I followed her and she said I'm not no longer and I I missed the picture that she posted by I guess like three hours and so many people were like wow I got to see it I got to see it did you get to see it yeah I took a screenshot I still have it that kind of thing because I guess she showed her breast yeah and um and so she said I'm I'm going on Twitter I'm never going to do it again but then today. Funny enough, uh, she posted a picture of um, Kardashian and herself with showing her butt too. So she goes, "Take that Instagram" or something like that. <laughs> so she's still fighting if, with Instagram. Yeah, I don't know Instagram's if they like, took it off or when they took it off, but I got I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they they're very um, nudity is the one thing that they're. But her point was a good point. It's like, why can a dude take his, but then I can't take? You know. So that was well. Her. There's a whole thing I think in New York City wasn't there a whole big. Uh, um, to do about that and women were like look if i want to take my shirt off it's a quality able to, yeah. and they passed it so you can walk around in new york city without your top oh that's good i won't personally I, but I other, won't pe- other people can <laughs> i got i got i got flagged for terms of service uh did i tell this story <laughs> right now no on the podcast I, I just we've done i've done 600 episodes of this show so sometimes i forget wow. this is like the the three shows in a but you know but every time i sit down you sit down with someone it's a new conversation and right Sometimes just things recur because you I just, don't know how you do it. I would completely say the same thing all the time. I feel like I do. I feel, but 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 not because every conversation is right. different. There's new people. But this story I may have told before, so I apologize if anyone else has heard it. But um, I got flagged one time for terms of service violation, and I was walking down, I was walking down Main Street in Venice, California, and uh, there was a dog like a like a pit bull and he was just chained up on the side of the road. His owner was obviously inside the grocery store or whatever. And the dog had a huge boner and it was just like presented on the sidewalk. <laughs> and the dog had this sort of look on his face like, ah, help a bro out. And so it was such a great expression. And so I posted on an Instagram with the caption, I don't know guys, too much lipstick. And then I forgot about it. And then like a month later, I get this email. You have violated terms of service on Twitter. I'm like, what? And I had to have my assistant at the time who was this very sweet lady. I'm like, can you find out what happened? And, and it was <laughs> – and just getting this phone call that was like, um, so um, uh, apparently you posted – uh, uh, a picture of a dog erection, and I'm like, oh no, I completely forgotten. That's uh, funny. It was uh, so. <laughs> the visual for. Um, um, I'm really. <laughs> I know. Well, well, what they said actually was. No, this is not coming from me. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I apologize for that. Uh, but anyway, you can't post dog boners on Instagram. But other than that, I think most stuff is uh, most stuff is uh, on the table. Okay. Wow. Who knew? Did you think you would learn so much in one podcast? No, I didn't. Uh, are you done for the day? Because we're at an hour, and that means you can leave if you if you can go home. Wait, are you feeling like you're done with me, or you're like, well, let's wrap this up? Bye, bye, Swank. I don't want to wrap it up. The truth is, anything. What what was some, would be something that you you feel like you wanted to talk about that we didn't? Um. So really quickly, what's your favorite thing this year? It, for the year's almost over. What's your favorite thing in 2014? What's my favorite thing? 
could be a concept, it could be a movie, it could be a TV show. Jeez, mm, that's a really good question. I um wow. I don't have one either. I was just looking for one to do you not? I don't think I don't like, know. think about it. I'm trying to think. I'm having I can't say my favorite movie because I didn't see a lot a lot of movies yet. Was there a moment that stuck out this year? Did you learn something new? Did you feel like a high and aha moment or a breakthrough or a mm. Well, I will say, I guess if I tie it into what my New Year's resolution was last year, and usually I don't make New Year's resolutions because I feel like you need to make New Year's like resolutions, not New Year's resolution, but resolutions all the time. It's not just something you do once a year. You have to, like, kind of like you said earlier, you check in with yourself every month or every three months, and it's something you do more often or even daily saying, I'm going to make a choice today to whatever your goals are and, and make sure you're on, you know, making the choice to, 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 to follow them. Right. Um, but I would say that I'm, I'm not very good at balancing my time between work and life. Right. And I had a really, really, I feel like I just had such a, a goal to get out of where I grew up. And so I worked so hard and I, I was so driven and that just became in my marrow. It just became my blood. And I was never very good at slowing down and I was never good at certainly stopping. And I really felt like when I could take a break that I, there was something I should, something I should be doing and I was being lazy. And, um, I've, I've gotten really good at that now. I'm, I'm thankfully I'm the pendulum hasn't gone the other way and I'm just like, but I think, um, I've gotten good at relaxing and, taking a week and cooking great meals and I love to cook and, and I don't know, just take a hike with my dog that we were talking about when I first came here. And, and, um, and really my New Year's resolution though this year specifically was to spend time with my family and my friends more often because the year flies by and I'm working and I'm out on the road and I don't get to see anybody that I really love. And, those relationships, I think just as you become older, you realize that they're so important and my, my, my dad's health isn't really great. And I, I'm like, I'm going to spend more time with my dad. And so every time I fly across the country, him being in Iowa, I stop. Oh, that's nice. And I visit with my, my, my pop and it's been great. Oh, that's really nice to hear. So that's, that's something that. That is something. That's the most important thing actually. Yeah. That was a good one to land on. Oh, good. That's a perfect place to wrap up. (laughs) The homesman's out tomorrow. When's this going up, Katie Living? Oh, perfect. Uh, nice. Okay. And uh, it was lovely chatting with you. You too. And I hope you had a nice time. I did. Good. It was fun. I, I, it was just, it was, it didn't feel like all those other things. It was, um, and, and it wasn't the same questions. It wasn't redundant. It was refreshing. I got a laugh. I did, the hour flew by. Yeah, it's just a conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Enjoy your burrito? Yeah. That's funny. It's one of my favorite foods. Really? In fact, I might go get a burrito right now. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. 